Welcome to the clan. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. And listen, that's what you're going to need. The new music business is about leverage. Record labels are not signing you because of your talent. They've become acquisition-based companies. They're signing small businesses. They're signing audiences. They want you to have an audience. You're only going to have leverage if you have an audience, and that's why we named it The Climb. Our brilliant wordsmith, Mr. Brent Baxter, who I'm going to introduce you to in a second, uh, put it together. It's an acronym. It stands for Creating Leverage in the Music Business. Genius! (laughs) Let me introduce you to my co-host again, Brent Baxter. He's a hit award-winning hit songwriter, excuse me, with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he's all about you. He helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Money, 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 money. Oh. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is only one singular, Johnny D. There's a lot of people that are thankful for that. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go through it twice. <laughs> the D does not stand for duplicated. Uh-uh. How all are right. you, brother? And I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Got a little of that uh, good old Tennessee uh, allergy something going on in the back uh, of my throat stuff, which yeah. is, uh, you know, at least I don't have to sing for a living, so I'm all right. Man, that's the story of my life, brother, except I did have to sing for a living for seven years, and it was like, there you go. crazy. Yeah, so I can't complain. <laughs> so, But I'm doing well, man. You doing well? Dude, doing great. Um, we are just about to roll over. First of all, we're on track for yet another record-breaking month. Like, every single month, we have more downloads than we did the month before, which I'm so grateful to report and we thank you for that uh you know if you, again if you like what you're hearing please share it uh turn your mm-hmm. friends other musicians onto it they're gonna if you like it they're gonna get something out of it too and subscribe so that you get the the download the second it drops on tuesday you can get that right in your phone ready to rock whenever you uh, are ready to listen to it no must no fuss all the subscribers get the they get it right away without any That's right. technical issues, right? Uh, exactly. And you don't have to think about it. It just shows up. You don't have to think about it. Isn't that good? We just don't have to think that, about stuff. The less I have to think about, the better off I am. That's right. I got enough stuff going on. Let me free up <laughs> more space for other more important things. They're like, I can automate this? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I know. It's like auto bill pay. I don't have to be late. I don't got to write a check. Yeah. The power stays on and it's just done. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm um, extra blessed today because um, I had I, I've got cataracts. And, well, congratulations! Yeah, and uh, you know it's sort of like this slow burn thing where you don't really it doesn't burn. I don't mean it that way, but it's it's uh 
it just sort of over time, like my vision got kind of poor and I went to the eye doctor. He's like, you got cataracts. And, and I was like, wow. Okay. So I got, uh, in operation done yesterday on one eye. They do one eye at a time with cataracts Mm -hmm. and dude, like camera one is a hot (laughs) ghetto mess. Camera two is clear as day. They put a slipped a new lens in there for my old eyes and I can see, um, way clearer now. Like I don't even need glasses to drive or anything anymore. And, uh, and I look at camera one and I'm like, how did I even, this is ridiculous. So we, you know what? I had the ability to go in and get that done. It's a 15 minute thing. I, I couldn't be more grateful today for my health, for my company, for my relationship with you, for everything. So I'm feeling good. Well, then that's nice because when you meet ugly people, you just go back to camera one yep. and it focuses them up just a little bit. It's like the like the ugly lights. You know, at the end of the night, you just you know just turn the ugly lights back on. Just why are you why are you looking at me with your right eye? No, that's my good eye. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't get maybe I shouldn't have the operation on the other one then, just in case. It's nice to have options until I get married again. <laughs> there you go. It's nice to have options. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but you're making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, uh, today we're going to talk about one word. Mm-hmm. What's that word? Nepotism. Nepotism. Nepotismism. But before we do that, yes, we have, have another. Go on. A, a tasty. Well, they're all. Every five star review is tasty, and this one is. This one's awesome. I got to take a big deep breath and. This one is uh, called Knocks It Out of the Park. This is uh, from our buddy Marty J. So, Marty, thank you for the five-star review. Let me uh, let me step up to the batter's box here and, and read this one for you. All right. You can't hit a home run if you don't step up to the plate. You can't even foul out. But every major league pitcher knows that it is critical to take time in the on-deck circle to analyze the game situation, the pitcher, and his own approach to hitting when he steps into the batter's box. What the on-deck circle does for hitters is exactly what the Climb podcast does for songwriters and artists. Yes! Yes. It is all about instruction, preparation, and getting ready to knock it out of the park. Brent and Johnny are seriously cool guys, and the podcast is a great hang. The show is not preachy or pretentious. Oh, there you go. It's, it feels like you're sitting on a breezy front porch on a warm summer day having an easy chat with a couple of close buddies. If you want tips on writing better songs, building a larger audience, and increasing your on-base percentage in the music industry, put this podcast on autoplay and learn how to get into the game. Love that. Home run. Thank you. That was an awesome review. That's like a bedtime I, story. I just, I'm just i going to take a recording of that and play that before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> I, I think we should get somebody with a seriously cool voiceover voice and just have that be our new intro. That's right. I think you're right, dude. They were individuals. They've got together. One was a songwriter. One was a rock star. And they... <laughs> you know what? Here's what's funny about that. Here's what I was, I, When I was telling my mom about daredevil when i was putting this whole concept together and like here's the vacuum in the market that i'm going for here's here's where i think i can add value to humanity in in my domain which is the music industry and something that i love and my mom listens intently to the whole thing doesn't say a word and after afterwards you know have you ever seen that movie moneyball with brad pitt you know i haven't seen it i want to see it but i haven't seen it yet. i was like it's like moneyball 
like Moneyball for the music industry. I'm like, yes. And and so the movie Moneyball, like in less than 30 seconds, like everybody, you know, for decades and decades and decades and whatever, hundreds of years, baseball was always about the big hitter, right? And all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then this one in the Oakland A's who were a small market team, so they hardly ever had a chance of, of ever, you know, getting to a, into the playoffs, much less in the World Series or whatever. Uh, they had this sort of mathematical approach and they're like, look, the way that we get win games is by getting home runs, but it doesn't have to come from one guy. It starts with base hits. We need base hits. Mm -hmm. That's what this dude's saying. Like, it's like, it's exactly, he's so smart. It's exactly what Daredevil is about. It's like money ball for the music industry. We're looking at base hits. We want to make one base hit at a time and then those people just going to circle around and they're going to come home and they circle around and they're going to come home. We don't need a big grand slam. We don't need a home run. We're not going to say no to it. But but consistency on those base hits is the key, and I love that review. That that's my favorite review so far. So when we rebrand as a Music Biz Moneyball, and that's our <laughs> intro. Music Biz Moneyball. <laughs> you can't hit a home run if you don't step up to the plate. You can't even foul out. So you and me so, were talking yes. about nepotism, but I, man, Brent, yes. I know this is my episode, but I want you to set this up, like like. Because you right. had a brilliant, like, you got me going on this today to the point where you had to shut me down. You're like, no, 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 no. Save, save it, save it, save it. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. Save it. Save that heat. I want that emotion. Because I, yes, so. I was getting wild with it, too. You were that, and I, I had to get off the phone. I had stuff to do. So that was the other thing. But anyway, yeah. So last week, the episode was how one relationship in the music business can open many, many doors. So you know, if you listen to the last episode, if you haven't yet, you definitely should. You should go back after this one, listen to that one, but you don't have to listen to it first. But basically, he was telling a story about my buddy Chad Green and and my relationship with him and how he, and how that friendship and that trust and respect has, you know, he's opened up so many doors for me in the music business. And so, you know, that's been put out there and I've also blogged about it, but it seems like anytime I put a podcast or a blog about the importance of relationships in the music business somebody out there in some facebook group or a couple somebodies are on linkedin or where you know because i put this stuff out there because i want people to read it because i want it to help them somebody they start coming out of the woodwork woodwork and going nepotism that's that's nepotism right there nepotism yeah and i'm like i feel like samuel l jackson from from pulp fiction (laughs) say nepotism again Say nepotism again. Say that one more time. Say one more time. Right. Because I'm tired of hearing it. So I got fired up. and Yeah. So I called Johnny. I'm like, Johnny, Samuel L. Jackson, Pulp Fiction, nepotism. Say it again. And so we started ranting. And then we decided we better shut it off and just make a podcast out of it. So thank you. Here we are. So this is a fresh idea. Yeah, it is. So what is when somebody says like, oh, well, nepotism must be nice. Because, uh, you know, it's a it, it, it's the son of somebody, or it's the cousin of somebody, or the brother of somebody, or, or uh, you know, Cole Swindell, you know, went to uh, college, college with Luke Bryan, with Luke Bryan, and uh, and so that's the only reason he's famous. And uh, let's see, what's some other nepotism stories? Um, oh, Taylor Swift, she only has a record deal because her dad bought her a record deal, and. Uh, and so, you know, if I had a dad that bought me a record deal, I would be Taylor Swift. That's what that means, right? Is yeah, that- it's it's saying that whoever had the success didn't earn it. They were handed it because of 
just because of some relationship, you know, they were buddy buddy with somebody or somebody was related to somebody, that kind of thing. And just the yeah, they were just saying basically you didn't earn it. It's not fair. I've been shut out and and somebody's cousin took my gig. That was my gig that I deserve because I'm good. And but it's just not fair because somebody's buddy got it. And I never have a chance because, you know, I didn't know the right people. Right. And life's not fair. Life's and not fair. And here's the reason why I'm getting beat down. Man. Oh, that just yeah. that just frosts my flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's probably oh, cleanest you could have put that. My um, goodness, can I can I can I just can I just chime in for a second? Well, Johnny, it is officially you know technically your episode, so yes. I have to I have to say I have been around long enough to see a ton, and I mean like. 30, 40 different artists with a boatload of money try to buy their way in. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of money, right? I'm talking artists who, you know, not only made like a $200,000 record, but then bought their way on to like a really famous stars tour for Mm -hmm. a half a million to a million dollars. Tour bus, the band, the whole thing. And I'm getting called in L.A. like, Johnny, you got to come up here, man. Like, we're in town. We want to see you, of course, but you're not going to believe what's going on. Like, the band of the artist, you know, like, like goofing on the artist. Like, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. You're not, you I can't. This train, you got to see the circus. Yeah, you got to see the circus. Come up and check it out. And, of course, they're all just waiting, like, tapping their fingers together because they know me. And they're like, well, what, <laughs> just, what is Johnny going to say about this? You know, like, <laughs> That particular night, I'm like, I'm from Wisconsin, and I have never seen cheese like that. That is incredible, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's so, you know, man. And I'm, I'm assuming those artists aren't still around. We don't know who they no, are. No, you never know who they are. And that's the whole thing. Like, you only know, uh, kind of, this, is, this factors in a little bit to the survivorship bias, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're only aware of the really famous ones. But right. to say... To say, to think for a second that anybody, if they are the son, the cousin, the brother, the whatever, the or you know, the daughter of a millionaire or whatever, and that's the reason why they're famous, is the mm-hmm. most ridiculously naive, stupid, unintelligent comment that you could ever make. Because it means that you think that there's an easy button mm-hmm. and the easy button is money or the easy button is one relationship. And that once you have that, you're just going to kick your feet up and make it happen. And that I'm here to tell you is why you will never make it. Right. Because that excuse gives away your power. Yeah. You give away your own mojo when you when you make that excuse when you start blaming everything on nepotism why you haven't made it there. It's not nepotism that's your problem. It's excusism. Yeah, that's right. A far, far hor- you know more horrific disease. Excuses right, and much it, more prevalent. Than it, the world is happening to me, and here's why I can't happen to the world because of nepotism. Because I right. don't have money. Because like, there's never been a poor artist in the face of the planet who came to town not knowing anybody. And worked his ass off or her ass off and made it. 
Right. Nope. Never have before. Never, never have heard before. of that. Everybody's rich. Everybody's everybody's you know related to somebody from the record industry, or you know has a real rich dad or a real rich mom, because that's all it is is money. Right. And it, yeah, it's annoying because so you know when I put that last episode out and I was like, hey, here's one relationship, many doors of opportunity opened up, and in the course of the the podcast in this case, I talked about why you know in this instance Chad has been able to open up doors for me because you know the no like and trust factor. He knows me because I called him up and we made a relationship. He likes me because we hit it off as people and he trusts me because of the work I can have consistently done with all of the opportunities he's presented. Like I've he's I've earned his trust going, oh Brent does good work consistently. If I give him this opportunity or open this door, he's gonna take advantage of it with his work ethic and the quality of his work. And you know, some Yahoo out there on Facebook's like nepotism. <laughs> like, it's offensive. I was like, does Chad Green look like my mama? <sighs> I he did not carry me around his belly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I did not nurse off Chad Green for a year after I was born. No, he had not my mama. He had not my daddy. So I mean, it's it, for one thing, it's just an it's insulting to me, right? And mm-hmm. I, I don't care whatever. I, I got thick skin. I can take it. But it's insulting to the people that work their tails off to build relationships and to get their craft up to a level where those relationships can actually be helpful. Because if, you know, if I didn't work my tail off to have good chops as a songwriter, the relationship wouldn't really do me any good. Because he wouldn't put me in rooms because I'd stink it up. Or I'd fail in those opportunities. And they wouldn't have turned into anything. And so, therefore, you never would have heard about it, those opportunities because they nothing would have come of them. I wouldn't have got cuts out of them. I wouldn't have got good co-writers out of them because if I stink it up, it fails, and you don't hear about it's it. It's over. Yeah. Right. But just, you know, just going, that's ah, nepotism. It's No, I think it's like, yeah, I do know him, and that has opened some doors of opportunity. But I didn't start off knowing him. I wasn't granted that relationship. It was not a pre-existing relationship. You know, you're all into town. Almost nobody has pre-existing relationships or very small ones or whatever. And they work. It's a it's a door opener, not a deal closer. Mm-hmm. And they work to make more and more relationships, work on their craft, and the better they get, the easier it is to make relationships. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, just to blame, like, oh yeah, well, it's because you have relationships. Yeah, because I work my butt off and I write good songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't make excuses. So if you do that, it's right there for you too. That's the thing. It's, I'm taking over your episode. No, do it. Bring it. I'm no. ranting. I'll hand it back over. But nobody's cousin is taking your spot. Yeah. You don't have one spot that's the Joe Clymer spot on in the music business that somebody's cousin just filled, and you don't get that spot now. It it doesn't work that way, especially not these days. And not for nothing, but that is that is the that that is the intrinsic problem with your non-success is that you think it's limited you Mm. think there's just one spot you don't believe in abundance you don't believe in the law of attraction unless you believe in the law of attraction unless you believe in abundance and you believe that there's a way for you to make it then you just need to go get a day job where 
you can just show up for work and breathe there and make your money and do whatever you want to do. But and then get mad when the boss's nephew gets the yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 like it that job. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. That one wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that was for somebody else. And Taylor right. Swift spots for Taylor Swift, not for you. You have to right. make your own spot. You have to make mm-hmm. your own deal, you know? There wasn't a Taylor Swift spot before she filled it. That's right. She created it out of thin there was, air. Th- there was not a Garth Brooks spot before he filled it. That's right. You know? And so there are a billion of those. Luke Bryan spots. Casey Musgraves. Whoever, yeah, you know, Maroon Five, Katy Perry. There's not one of those spots, and they fill their spot. You need to go find your spot and fill that. It's not, you know, opportunities are. Yeah, it's tough in the music business. As a songwriter, there are only so many spots on so many records that you have a shot at. Only so many spots on the radio, that kind of stuff. And I understand that is limited. But at any one time, but there is always room for more if you're good enough. Yeah, you can work your way in. You can make your own camp. You can. What does Steve Martin say? Be so good, they can't they ignore. Can't you. ignore you. And let me tell you something. So let's talk about let's talk about real success. What is real success? Okay, let's talk about when it's time to kick your feet up and lie back, put that cigar in your mouth, and just be like, baby. <laughs> I made it. I'm here. And now I'm just going to let the world work for me. Well, that's a complete freaking fallacy. You're an idiot if you think that, okay? And I'm sorry I'm using harsh, edgy language, but that's Johnny D. You get it, okay? But Molly Crew, <laughs> when I saw Molly Crew open up for Ozzy Osbourne, I'm like, those guys have made it. Those guys are incredible. That mm-hmm. was that, and that, that was, that was the first time I saw him. I had heard 
the first record, which is Too Fast for Love. Then Shout at the Devil came out. Then Girls, Girls, Girls got a little got a little weird. And then uh, mm. but they, they didn't have their first number one until their fourth or fifth record, which was Doctor Feelgood. I can't remember which one it was. And uh, until that time, the the president of the label of Electra Records, their label, hated them. <laughs> didn't get it. He was like, our label is for artists. You know, not for these clowns over here that are addicted to drugs, wearing leather pants, and setting themselves on fire. Like, what is this crap? He hated the music. He hated the band. And it wasn't until they got a number one that he came in in the typical story that you hear about. Like, I always liked you guys. I always knew you were going <laughs> to make it. And you know what Nikki Six told him. You know, he, Nikki Six didn't give a crap. He was like, go F yourself. <laughs> yeah. You never loved us, you know? And he told him the way it was. But that's the truth. So they had all that success. They were on how many videos on MTV? How many tours did they have? They were they were headlining. This is their third headlining tour for Dr. Feelgood. And that was the record that went to number one. And it wasn't until then, until they got a nod from the record label president. Mm -hmm. That's what real success is, guys. You know, your battles don't stop there. They just get bigger and you got more Mm -hmm. to lose. Right. So if you don't believe in it now when you got nothing to lose, brother, sisters, Big and small, God's children, all God's children, <laughs> black or white, sing hallelujah. You're gonna, you're never gonna make it to the part where the stakes really get big. You know, how about the 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 um, the um, Howard Stern story? Howard Stern did such a good job building up his following and building up his audience and creating a brand and working his butt off every single day that he ended up in DC 101 in Washington, D.C., and the ratings for his show at DC 101, which was not an NBC property, was blowing away the number one property for NBC and their flagship radio station, which was New York, the number one market in the country. Mm -hmm. He was crushing the number one market, the number one show and the number one market in the country from Washington, D.C., which, I mean... If it was Chicago, number you know number three largest city, number three largest market. If it was L.A., number two largest market. If it was Houston, the number four largest market. Might make sense. D.C., way the hell down there. But he's so popular, his numbers were crushing that. So, of course, corporate's like, hire that guy and bring him on to NBC. This is what we need to do. So the, mm-hmm. uh, the middle management underlings went out and signed Howard Stern, sight unseen. They had no idea what the show was about and put him on the air. And then guess what? People started complaining because he's vulgar. He's disgusting. He's a shock artist. And this is exactly mm-hmm. why I love Howard Stern. But um, <laughs> th- th- this is what was going on. And so all of a sudden, the president of NBC Radio is like, what the hell is this? And now Howard Stern's in a whole nother battle. They hate him. He's got a contract that can't be broken. And so Mm -hmm. they're trying to break him. They're torturing him mentally to try to get Mm -hmm. him to quit because they can't fire him because he got signed because he had so much leverage. Creating Mm -hmm. leverage in the music business, okay? Getting so much leverage getting into that contract that they couldn't fire him. But that's the reality. His world, they broke his team up. They moved Robin away. They put on some of the idiots. Like, I mean, it was a big freaking mess until finally the ratings came in 
And he was number one in the market. And then you know what? They just had to swallow their pride, but they hated him. They didn't know what their show was. So think about that for a second. Think about what your dream is for the ultimate success. What does that mean to you? Whatever that is. And then the day that you figure out that you've crossed that threshold and you are there, you're in that room, whatever that room is. And then the one person that you wanted to meet, the one person that's supposed to get you there, the one person that's your new boss hates you (laughs) and wants to fire you. Nepotism. Man, it never stops. Mm -hmm. Your battles will never stop. Michael Jackson there's, go on YouTube and research the two marketing dudes from Epic Records and talking openly, and God bless him for being honest, about Michael Jackson. After the Jackson 5. Jackson 5, huge international act, right? Mm-hmm. Super famous. Huge radio hits on Motown. Um, they were, they had a cartoon, which I think, mm-hmm. which, by the way, only made them more popular, but in the eyes of the industry, in the eyes of the people who were going to make the decision, uh, they thought it was cheesy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was, but you know what? Little kids like me were watching that going, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Look at how he spins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. But they didn't want to sign him. They didn't want to sign Michael Jackson. And he was already a superstar and they didn't think it was, they thought it was a fluke. And so he had to fight to, yeah, he had to fight to, I mean, he went to Quincy Jones, like, man, I want you to produce my first record because I need help. Like, he's like, I want you to produce my first record because I need help, Quincy. But but Quincy and him got together and made this epic record. And then the the next record was Thriller. I mean, is there a greater star on this planet than Michael Jackson? Maybe the Beatles? Maybe? Yeah. Is it between those two, the two greatest stars ever? Maybe Beatles, Elvis, and Michael Jackson? Like... It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's the, like the Mount Rushmore. And so you think you're done? You think you think you got problems now with nepotism <laughs> at the yeah. bottom rung of your career? You think you got problems? You got no problems. You right. got no freaking problems whatsoever. You know, um, I got another one for you. I can go on for days. <laughs> I got another one for you. George Michael. George Michael. When George Michael was signed to his solo deal, he had already sold 25 million units. With Wham. Him and Andrew, was it Andrew Rutledge or Ridgely? And Ridgely. I think Ridgely. Ridgely, yeah. yeah. So 25 million units. When you get to the 25 million unit status, that's like the bottom rung of superstars, right? Like you're 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 a superstar. Mm-hmm. You're not like a star. Like star, a couple million, 10 million, 15 million. But when you hit 20 million, you're like, that's like the that's like into the new door of superstar status. Because there's very, very few artists that have sold 20 million plus records, right? That's a lot of records. It's a lot yeah. of records. So 25 million. He gets his new deal. Uh, comes on, a, on CBS Records, president of CBS Records, Walter Yetnikoff. Walter Yetnikoff, arguably the last um, uh, record label executive, the last record label suit who is really in awe in the presence of artists. Like they weren't mm-hmm. products and puppets to him. He just loved them for their art and understood them. And he related to them so much that there's quite a few artists, including um, uh, Bruce Springsteen and a, you know, a couple of the Columbia artists who had what they called key man clauses in their contracts. If Walter Yetnikoff leaves the label, my contract is null and void. That's real 
talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Michael, uh, George Michael did the same thing. Okay. And then he puts out faith and faith blows up and sells. I think it's sold by itself. It, just in America, it sold like eight or 10 million copies. So I think it was like another 20 million worldwide. So now we're in the middle level. We're in the middle rung of superstar status. George Michael, middle rung, superstar mm-hmm. status. Comes out with uh, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1, second solo record. Um, if you ask me, it's his masterpiece. It's his epic masterpiece it was brilliant the the i mean it was deep like he went deep into the soul it wasn't sort of shaking your butt around faith stuff like that i mean it like the lyrics were so profound it was so good it was just so good and you just saw him grow as an artist and the first video he comes out with in the meantime by the way in the meantime with cbs in between faith and listen without prejudice volume one uh sony by CBS. So now the Japanese own mm-hmm. CBS records. And George Michael doesn't like it. And who do they hire? Tommy Mottola. And Tommy Mottola used to be uh, Hall & Oates manager. He's a street kid from New York. Total hustler. Brilliant, dude. And what does mm-hmm. Tommy Mottola want to do? Like any president of a foreign-owned corporation wants to do is impress the bosses overseas so he's trying he's only got a few artists to work with right because only 10 percent of the artists made any money and so he's trying to get george to get in line but george has now reached his epic the top of his bell curve and he's like first video that comes out was arguably the first lyric video ever put out because it was a black screen and it just flashed the lyrics of the song because the lyrics are what he wanted you to pay attention to so George wasn't going to be in the video shaking his ass. Mm-hmm. And that pissed Tommy Mottola and the Japanese off. And you know what they did? They sat on it. <laughs> they said, now this doesn't even make business sense, people. This doesn't even make logical business sense. If you're a record label and 90% of your artists fail and only 10% of your artists make it and the ones that are the superstars like George Michael are the ones that you absolutely have to push no matter what because that's your bread and butter. And Tommy Mottola said, F you, I'm not gonna push this record. And so they barely played that video on MTV I didn't mm-hmm. even know that record came out until I was looking through bins in a record store. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan, right? Mm-hmm. Huge fan, boy. I pulled this out. I'm like, when did this come out? Like, how come I don't know about this? Like, what is going on? It was in distribution, but it wasn't promoted. Mm-hmm. 45 million records sold. And the next record that comes out isn't promoted. Because Tommy Mottola is going to put George Michael on ice to prove a lesson. So George Michael comes out with the second video which was freedom right mm-hmm. now look at the second video folks it's a big middle finger to tommy told george michael's like oh you want beautiful bodies you want beautiful people in the video i'll give you beautiful people but it's not gonna be me so he hired the top five or six supermodels mm-hmm. uh f- female supermodels and a couple male supermodels and put them in the video and then took that jacket and that jukebox that the jacket that he mm-hmm. had in faith and lit it on fire and the jukebox that he had in faith and made it explode in the video <laughs> Yeah, and just did the big boom to George Michael, and you know what? That record barely sold eight million copies, which was in contrast to Faith, a complete and utter failure. Mm-hmm. Why? Wow! Because he was battling with George Tommy Mottola, and Tommy was also 
his ego was hurt because George Michael was didn't want him to be his leader. Yeah. You know, and, and it had nothing to do with Tommy Mottola in the beginning. It had to do with the fact that George Letnikoff left and Tommy wasn't going to let him out of the deal and just he was going to outspend him on lawyers to try to keep him in. So nepotism? Nepotism's your excuse? Really? Is that the battle? That, is that the one that's going to knock you off your horse and just keep you out of the music industry? If that is, then you don't belong here. That's just a fact. This happy message has been brought to you by Johnny <laughs> All right, sorry. That was a rant, but I just that just pisses me off to no end. I hate excuses. You know <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sunshine and Daisies. <laughs> we don't bring excuses here at Daredevil Production or songwritingpro.com. No, we, we bring solutions. We, they're, they're not excuses. They're challenges. We have challenges. We eat them for breakfast and we move on. Mm. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. So, bottom line nobody's cousin, nobody's friend is taking your spot. This whole thing is about how to make your own spot that nobody can fill but you. You got to fill your own spot. And that's the challenge. That's what you have to step up to the plate and do. Because, yeah, other people are getting deals. Other people are having hits. That doesn't mean you can't. And just because they got to the point where they made relationships, so therefore you could cry nepotism, doesn't make it nepotism. It means they went through the steps to build relationships, to get really good and to get some success. And that's not taking it away from you. That's right. And, and it also means this, just to bring the edge back, you're not working hard enough. You think you're working hard, and I'll bet you're working hard. But you're not working hard enough. You got to double down. You got to bring it. And you got to come with intention, and you got to come with a plan. Okay? That's what's happening. That's what these other artists are doing that you're not doing. That's what these other songwriters are doing that you're not doing. You're missing something. The question that you need to be asking is, what am I missing? Not mm-hmm. who's, who's related to that person or how much money they have and what don't I have. The question that you should not be asking is, what don't I have? Because asking and answering that question isn't going to change what you don't have. Mm-hmm. The question is, what do I have? And how come I'm not working this? What else? How else can I work this to make it happen? That's that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be thinking. When you do that, I promise your world's going to change. Your attitude is 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 going to change everything. So, yeah, and I think sometimes people are also thinking, you know, I'm I'm just focused on the music. And if somebody uses some method other than just their music to open a door for success and opportunity, it's cheating. I think this is what it comes down to. That's a good point. It should just be about the music. How dare you know somebody and have a buddy open a door for you? Right. Not my fault. That's the way the world works. That's the way any industry works. Yep. That's but you right. have to get good enough for those, you know, it's both. It's relationship It's and the music. And we've had, go back and listen to, you know, what's your definition of organic episode? What's your definition of organic? That episode talks exactly about that. Like back to George Michael with Wham. Wham couldn't break in the United States. They Mm -hmm. didn't sell 25 million records yet until they worked out a deal to do. It was a PR stunt, but they were like the first band, the first Western act to tour China. And they made a video about it. And that got so much news that America welcomed them with open arms. They couldn't break into America before, but that was the crowbar that got the door open. And then once people were willing to look at the artist with open eyes and open hearts, the artist did what they were supposed to do, which was win them over. 
They just mm-hmm. needed the opportunity, but they couldn't get the opportunity until they did that. So was it about the art, man? Yes, but not first. Mm-hmm. Not in America, not for Wham. And it's different for every story. You got a million stories different for every artist. You know? So the question is, how are you going to get in front of people? And if you're getting in front of lots of people and they're not moving, then you're not compelling. Bottom yeah. line. You got you mm-hmm. to do something to be more compelling. You got to focus on what you do have and not what you don't have. And stop trying to pretend that you're something that you're not. And be what you are. Because the more that you be what you are, the more that you act like that, the more authentic that you really are the, that's what's real you mm-hmm. know I mean look at look at we got Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey all the way down to Bob Dylan they're all icons Bob Dylan can't sing never mm-hmm. could never promised anybody he would you know what I mean <laughs> but he just won a Nobel Peace Prize for lyrics I mean like dude's insanely good so we can go on this for hours we need to end yeah, this we should probably wrap this up so Johnny do you have any uh any calls to action for ours? I do. I do. Well, as always, the free Twitter book, um, giftfromjohnny.com. The, the code that we cracked in Twitter is the same as in Instagram. It's how to get you into growth. It's how to use a social media tool to get you in front of more people so you can grow your audience by a thousand targeted fans every single month. And it takes you like 15 minutes a day. Okay. If you don't have 15 minutes a day to do it, stick with the day job. All right. Um, the uh, the other thing is, you know, sometimes it's a personal touch that's needed. Sometimes you're trying to get, this is a lot of information, you guys. It's super complicated, but it's not, still not rocket science, but it just takes a while and one brick at a time, you got to learn it. And sometimes a personal touch, a personal consultation can be the thing that transforms you into the next level because uh, it just all applies to you directly. And I'm happy to look at all your social media, your YouTube channel, your um, web page. If you have a web store, I'll look at that. And I will create a strategy and say, if you were my artist, this is what I would tell you to do. And then it's just up to you to follow it. That's a consultation. Uh, get, get in touch with us if you're interested in that at info at daredevilproduction.com. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Again, production singular. There's no S. We'll get back to you in a, in a reasonable amount of time and start a line of conversation and show you how we can help you help yourself, okay? And that's all, that's all I got to say about that. So that brings us to the end of another, uh, what I hope is another killer episode of The Climb, creating leverage in the music business. We want you to win, guys. You're going to need some leverage. You're going to need your, there's more expected of an artist now than there was 20 years ago. You got to get your head around that and you got to get to work. And we want you to keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. Say nepotism one more time. One more time! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 